This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Recent research shows that young adults who prepare themselves ahead of time to deal with future stress are better able to avoid negative health outcomes when stressful times happen. We'll have the story. Not all stress is avoidable, of course, but the goal is to stay engaged and coping in ways that make sense for the demands in your own life. Then, life is full of uncertainty, but taking risks in business, career, and life can lead to positive outcomes. Risk isn't the opposite of reward. Risk is actually the path to reward. So that's misconception number one. The second misconception is that risk is a big leap, and that's not true either. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's Info Track. Stick around. The show begins after this timeout. Info Track, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Young adults who utilize stress reduction tips today are better able to avoid negative health outcomes later on when stressful times happen, according to recent research studies. Here with more, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Siobhan Newport is a professor of psychology at North Carolina State University, and she was the corresponding author of a paper on two studies relating to young adults and the health impacts of stress. Professor, let's begin with just the broad picture. How serious is the problem of stress for young adults today, and is it different than it has been for past generations? Well, that's a good question. We've known for decades of stress research that the encountering or the experiencing of stress is not great for our physical health, and so we wanted to look specifically at how that process might differ between younger adults and older adults. So that's what we did in these two studies. What are the biggest sources of stress for young adults today? They tend to be interpersonal in nature. So arguments or disagreements with other people, those are the ones that seem to be the most common. Do you think stressed young adults typically mature into stressed middle age and senior citizens as well? Or does the problem generally subside as life situations change? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And there's some recent work out of Dave Almeida's lab to show that we can actually expect to see a decrease in how people experience stress and also how they respond to it when they are older. There's a uptick in midlife usually, but by the time people are older than 60, 65, there tends to be a decrease in experiencing stress and then in the way in which it permeates our health and functioning. Is that related to finances as far as kids being out of the home and finished paying for college and things have kind of stabilized into a retirement situation? That might be one factor. There's also some interesting work to suggest that as we live our lives longer and we become experts in our own environments, we're better able to navigate stress. We're better able to prepare for it. We're better able to avoid it. We're better able to deal with it when it does happen because we have developed tools and strategies over our life course to manage it better. So you outlined the results of two studies. Tell us about the first one, what the study was examining, and the ages of the subjects. 
So in the first study, we had a group of younger adults. They were aged 18 to 36, and a group of older adults who were aged 60 to 90. And we asked them every day for eight consecutive days to tell us about the stress in their lives and how they were feeling physically. So to report the number of physical symptoms that they had experienced. These could be cold and flu-like symptoms, joint pains, aches. These are things that crop up on a daily basis. And we were interested interested to see if that connection between experiencing stress and experiencing these health symptoms might depend on how people would be coping before the stressor even happened. So we were looking at these proactive coping ideas. And what did you find was a result? We found that for the younger adults, proactive coping efforts were really useful. For the younger people who were able to prepare for future stressors, so they were able to think about their goals and try to come up with a step-by-step plan to achieve them or to persist even in the face of obstacles or challenges. When they were able to do those things, when they encountered stress, their physical health didn't suffer as much as the younger people who were not able to do these proactive coping efforts. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Siobhan Newpert, a professor of psychology at North Carolina State University, and we're talking about two studies relating to young adults and the health impacts of stress. When it comes to stress reduction, I think many people have heard of advice like meditation or mindfulness or taking a break from something. Tell us more about this goal-oriented proactive coping behavior and what that exactly entails. Yeah, that's a good distinction to bring up because proactive coping relies on a future-oriented kind of plan. So you're thinking into the future what your goals are or what might be some obstacles and trying to come up with a plan or a way to move through those future challenges or obstacles. And meditation or mindfulness instead is focused on the present moment, trying to be okay and non-judgmentally reflect on what is happening in the here and now. So the timing is very different. Proactive coping relies on this future-oriented focus and mindfulness is the right now in this moment. So short-term versus long-term. Exactly. And I understand your second study was basically an extension of the first study. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so in this second study, we had adults age 19 all the way up through 86. And we asked them every day for 29 consecutive days to tell us those same things about their stressors, what they were encountering, and then how they were feeling physically. And again, we found that for the younger people, 36 and younger, they really benefited from these future-oriented proactive coping. So when they did encounter stress, their physical health didn't suffer as much. Do you think there's a place and a time when we should be teaching young people how to engage in this proactive coping? I think that's a really important next step in thinking about, is it useful to try to teach these proactive coping skills? They are discussed in the research literature as skills that can be taught. So thinking people to visualize their goals and realistically trying to figure out how would I achieve that goal? What are the steps that I need to make this happen? There's also aspects of proactive coping that are specifically geared toward trying to avoid or prevent stressors. So is it useful to try to set up some sort of training where younger people can be given the tools or the skills to try to avoid stress in the first place? So I think 
there's lots of room for future work to envision how this could potentially work as a useful intervention for young people. In these two studies, was there anything that was particularly surprising to you? We found it really interesting that older people in general, didn't matter their proactive coping. They were really good at responding to stress. Their physical health was quite good, even in the face of stressors. Their proactive coping didn't really modify or modulate or change that relationship. There's other things that are important for older adults' physical health. So we found their memory functioning on a daily basis was important. We found that their chronic health conditions that they have throughout their years are also important. But this proactive coping piece was uniquely important for younger people. I think everyone listening to this of all ages could probably use some advice on stress. Do you have any final thoughts for us? There are things you can do. So not all stress is avoidable, of course. Some of these proactive coping techniques or ideas are about avoiding stress, but that's not necessarily the best goal. The goal is to stay engaged and coping in ways that make sense for the demands in your own life. So there's lots of various tools, and the goal is to be able to select from your toolkit the correct tool for the correct situation. Dr. Siobhan Newport, Professor of Psychology at North Carolina State University, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, getting positive results from risky situations. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 